today on It's Time. We don't know what Jesus day Jesus was born. What's important is this day, as an example, the 25th of December, is a day the world recognized that a Savior has come. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, this morning, if you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Luke, chapter 2, Luke 2, and um, what we find here is really the Christmas story. Pretty much everybody has heard it in one way or another, and yet when we really examine this event that happened that God foreordained from the beginning of time, to have it fulfilled for us to be the Savior of the world. It's interesting in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, it says, and, and he shall save the people from their sins. It doesn't say he will save the people in their sins. He says from their sins. I like that. God has something brand new for every one of us. Let's pray. Father, as we... Go to your word this morning. We just ask you that you would cause your word to come alive to us. And Lord, though so oftentimes we hear your word so many times, we forget, God, the rich treasure that's there. And as we look more closely at it today, we would ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And God, whether we're in this room or across the sea or Lord across America, we ask that your Holy Spirit would touch every single listener in Jesus' name and call us and transform us to be more like you. In your precious name, amen. Chapter 2 of Luke starts off, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus the whole world should be taxed or registered. Quinarius was really his name. He was the grandnephew of Julius Caesar. And when we look at this, we realize that every Caesar wanted to establish their mark in history. In fact, probably very few people you'll ever talk to have not heard in some way of Julius Caesar. But the point is, is that people, I have an idea of what greatness is. And the Caesars were no different. And so in order to inflict and make a mark in history, as the Bible tells us here, They needed to be taxed. They needed to be registered. I I think this is interesting because I think so many times people think they're doing their own thing when really they're just fulfilling what God had already known they were going to do. 650, 700 years before what we're reading, there was a prophecy that went out 
And the Bible says that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be born in Bethlehem, this little suburb town of Jerusalem that no one really ever gave much effort for or concern about. But out of this little town would come a Savior. And it says that, the, that in verse 2, this census first took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, fulfilling exactly what the Bible said would happen. You know, friends, one of the things I really take great honor and privilege and comfort in is knowing God knows the future. Now again, one-third of the Bible is prophecy, and two-thirds of the Bible's prophecies are already fulfilled. There's a remaining one-third of that two-thirds that's going to happen yet here on this earth. And because I know that God so accurately predicted the past, present, and the future, I can trust him with the days to come. It says here, so the world went to, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth. By the way, that's about a 60 mile journey. And remember, Mary's pregnant. She didn't just hop in the Ford and down the road they went, you know, to go 60 miles today on a good road isn't that big a deal. But you know, when you're with child and you're on a uh, a buggy or uh, on an animal, perhaps a donkey, uh, pretty jarring for anyone to make this kind of a journey pregnant. And so it says, they went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David. Some people have asked the question, why in the Gospel of Matthew... Do we have the lineage of Joseph and in the lineage in, and in the book of Luke, the lineage of Mary? People have asked the question and sometimes they will act like they came across a great revelation. Oh, I found a mistake in the Bible. Look, the two lineages do not line up. There's different people. Well, that's because one was Joseph's and one was Mary's. Why is that important? Because Joseph lineage, being of the tribe of David, as well as Mary, but this gave Jesus a legal right to the throne. And that was important. An adopted child could ascend to his father's position. So therefore, Joseph gave to Jesus the legal right. Well, what about Mary? The Bible also talks about her. Because through Mary came the blood lineage. And so you have a legal and a spiritual honor to the throne of God. Now, he says here, To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I think this is an interesting thing here, because, first of all, in Jesus' birth, he never intimidated any. Have you ever been around people that intimidate you? Have you ever done that? You know, they're you know, they're always styling, you know, they always got their tie just right, their car is perfect and immaculate. 
You, you know, everything they got, you know, they, you know, spark of money and their words that they choose and use are, are, are very literate. And, and you go, oh, I'm just a country bumpkin. I feel like a goofball around these guys. You know, Jesus never intimidated anyone by his birth. And I think that's really important because Jesus was everybody's savior. The second thing we find here, interestingly enough, laid him in a manger. This is really no place for a baby. This is where animals were fed. Most likely not something made out of wood, probably a hewn out stone where they would throw the food and the animals would come and eat it. Not very sanitary, but Jesus, divinely appointed by his father and the willingness to Jesus to come, was born in this place. Now notice something else interesting here. It says, because there was no room for them in the end. Probably if there was anything that would summarize the ministry of Jesus Christ was no room. It's that way today. We have no room for Jesus in the schools in America. We have no room for Jesus in the TV in America. We have no room for Jesus with our friends sometimes. We have no room for Jesus in our thoughts. Well, back then, it was interesting as well. There was no room for him in the inn. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, there was no room for him in Nazareth. And remember, they went to throw him off the cliff. We remember there was no room for him in the temple as well. They had no no place for Jesus there. They were into their religion. They didn't want a savior. There was no room for Jesus in the Roman government. There was no room for Jesus on this earth, and they hung him on a cross. So yeah, we have still the same thing with Jesus, no room. We have no room for Jesus in our government. If you've noticed, so many major scenes now are taken away from city parks, declaring it to be unconstitutional, though it's been constitutional for 200 years. Now all of a sudden, a bunch of goofball liberals come in and say, oh, that's not constitutional. And by the way, friends, they'll do this with every other one of your freedoms as well. They'll declare them to be unconstitutional, though they've been constitutional for hundreds of years. Do you know your Second Amendment right, the right to keep and bear arms? They're trying to declare it to be unconstitutional. In fact, it was a four to five vote with the Supreme Court. The late uh, Justice Scalia was the one who cast the deciding vote. Otherwise, everybody would have lost their firearms in America declared it to be unconstitutional, but it was constitutional when they made the rule, and it's been constitutional for two hundred over 200 years. The right to freedom of speech, over 200 years. They're going to declare that to be unconstitutional when you say what they don't want you to say. See, when we stop to realize there's no room for Jesus in this world, but there is one place that I pray that Jesus finds place, and that is in our hearts today. That's where Jesus must be. Please don't ever say, we we play this uh, commercial on the effect. He loves, he forgives, he'll take away your sins, he'll make you something, he'll give you an internal reward. Who walks away from this? You got to be crazy. But the Bible says the God of this world has blinded people's eyes that they do not see the great offer that Jesus Christ has given them. How great, the Bible says, is that darkness? When you stop to realize 
that when you realize your sins can be forgiven, you don't have to have your past haunt you when you lay your head on your pillow at night. You don't have to worry about dying anymore, that there's life eternal. You know what's after the grave. Who rejects this? You'd have to be foolish to turn away. But yet the Bible says, how strong is that darkness? And something we remember, friends, no room. You see, people have no room for God in their families today. They have no room for God in their vocabulary today. They have no room for God in anything today. And is society better for it? Have you looked at the crime statistics? Oh, they're not better. You know, since we got God out of the schools, man, our schools are are, are demonstrations of of the most pure, great learning places in the world. No, they're absolutely war zones. You see, you take God out of any situation. You make no provision for him, and I guarantee the result will always be chaos. Taking point. You may be a Christian here today, you may not be. I can guarantee you one thing. If you're not, your life's in chaos. Just the way it is. You may gain the whole world. You'll lose your own soul. If that doesn't bother you when you lay your head on your pillow at night, something's wrong with you. The second thing is, if you're a Christian and you're not walking in the ways that God said, your life is in chaos. It always follows. No room for Jesus, chaos follows. Just the way it works. So, you have a choice. Do I want Jesus to come into my life, or don't I? Well, the Bible here tells us there was no room for him in the inn. You can go around the back. There's a major. Welcome to the hotel, can't afford you. Such a lovely place, but we're out of space. Out and back is where you go. Now, at the same time, there were in this country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, some people say, well, this probably would indicate that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December because usually the shepherds wouldn't be on the backside of the wilderness. They would be down in the valleys where it would be warmer. However, we don't know this. And I think it's always noteworthy. We don't know what Jesus day Jesus was born. What's important is this day As an example, the 25th of December is a day the world recognized that a Savior has come. And I hear a lot of times people say, oh, it's a pagan holiday. It was once winter solstice and oh, we don't want to enter. And you know, I'm really amazed that they strain at gnats and swallow camels. What's important is you have a day the world recognizes who Jesus Christ is. And by the way, when anyone celebrates Christmas, it's a witness against themselves that there was a Savior who came. What did you do with him? Did you have room for him in your heart? You see, uh, there's probably nothing more hypocritical in the world than to celebrate Christmas and not acknowledge Christ. You see? Because the thing is, when we're saying, oh, Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday, there's a good one. Happy holidays. That somehow makes it not so Christian. Well, let's review. Happy holy days. Duh. So either way, they're strung out. So when we stop to realize that there's a place 
When Jesus comes into our life, everything changes. The shepherds watching their flocks by night. Was it the 25th of December? Don't know for sure. Many people believe there's actually a video out that says that they turned back the NASA charts of the stars where they all were. And they said there actually was a a super constellation of stars that would cause possibly a very bright light in the sky. So the kings of the east would come around. They said that would probably have been probably when Jesus was about three years old on the 25th of December. I don't know for sure what day Jesus was born. But nevertheless, the point is, he was. It's a day we honor, it's a day we recognize, and it's a day of great reaching out to people who need a Savior. And they were watching their flocks by night. I imagine just like any other night, out there on the hills of Judea, I've been there, and just sun up, sun down, sun up, sun down, bang sheep, sun up, sun down, sun up, sun down. And then something awesome happens. Something changes. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I would say, yes, you know how dark a dark starry night is. And all of a sudden, here it all lights up, and everything changes. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which to be to all people. I love this, friends. God's plan was not just to save the Jewish people, but to save everyone. Every once in a while, I'll get into a question on to every man and answer. And they'll ask me about, well, really the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were never written to the Gentiles. I had this one just this past week. They weren't written to the Gentiles. Uh, Really, the letters of Paul were written to the Gentiles. And so therefore, we don't need to be concerned with the Gospels. And I said, what kind of kooky stuff have you been listening to? Jesus came for everybody. And here in Luke chapter 2, it tells us, He came for all peoples. That would tell me, that would initiate then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as as much importance to the Gentile believing world as any of the other books in the New Testament. Again, the reason I go into these things, I want you to be able to defend yourself when somebody asks you a question. I've shared this many times. But I remember these people came to my door when I was 18 and I looked at them through the screen door and they were telling me a lot of stuff and they had other books other than the Bible and they were, uh, you know, psychedelicizing and jibing me and all that kind of stuff. And, And I was listening and I knew what they were saying was wrong, but I didn't know how to defend myself. I didn't know how to. And when they went away, I felt bad because of my relationship with God, because though I love God, I was a Christian. I didn't know the Bible good enough to make a stand against the crazy stuff that they were saying. Now, again, I don't care about me being right, but I care about them being in a cult and putting your faith, hope and trust in a religion rather than in Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, a lot of religions have no room for Jesus either. You see, because you earn your salvation. Never mind what Jesus did for you on the cross, they'll tell you. You got to get out and earn it. 
You got to sell flowers in airports, wear orange, eat organically grown food, and all the other crazy stuff that, well, religions do. You don't believe me? Wait till one comes to your door. And you say, well, let me ask you a question. What do I got to do to go to heaven? Well, they'll tell you. You got to join our church. You know, and they'll have all kinds of, of hoop jumping that you have to do. You know, when it comes back to it, it was simply a relationship with you and your daddy in heaven. And you know, I can spot a cult a thousand miles away. The closer you get to God, the more religion, and what I mean is man's efforts to reach God, show how, fail, how much it has failed in bringing that relationship. You see, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, I pray today that you have a relationship with your Father in heaven, where you, as Jesus said, when the disciples came and said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven. Not some unknowable God, not some God that I must do a lot of hoop jumping through. You know, I have kids, and when I, I don't expect them to do anything other than to come to me, sit on my lap, what's troubling you? You see, that's what a relationship is. Religion removes relationships. Religion says, oh, you got to do certain, go burn so many incense sticks. Go wear so many suit and ties. Go show your, your, yourself to the priest. Go, go punch your time card and show God that, yes, I sat in that miserable church every Sunday for 25 years. And look, here's my card. I, this is my get into heaven free card. Doesn't that count for something, God? That church was terrible. I, I, I fell asleep every Sunday. That's not, that's not relationship with God. That's religion. That's why the Pharisees hated him. That's why they had no room for him. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. All those people wanted was to know God. All they wanted to do was have a relationship with God. And they were merchandising. Well, we can't take your heathen, slimy denarius. You have to convert it into the pure Hebrew shekel. And of course, for just a minimal fee, we'll do that for you. And then you can give your clean money to God. Well, your sacrifices are not good enough. Oh, those are ugly. Look, look at ours over here. These are a lot better. And they were buying and selling in the table. And Jesus, we don't find outbursts of wrath with Jesus often in the Bible. But we do there. It said he made a coat of nine tails. And he went into the temple. Now, this is hard for us to understand because we always picture Jesus as the one holding the lambs and smiling. He goes in, kicks the table of the money changers over has a coat of nine tails, a whip. And he's whipping these merchandisers out of the temple. And the Bible says once they were removed, the people came and they were taught by him. Well, the angels appearing to the shepherds. You see, the whole religious system had corrupted everything. And now you have angels saying, hey, This is going to be for everybody. For is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thanks for joining us on It's Time. 
as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.